0: Our scripture reading for this morning is from Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 through 23, and our message today is entitled Dangers to Our Sanctification uh, Legalism. This is the Lord's Word. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival, or a new moon, or a sabbath, that is from God. If with Christ you die to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you are still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom, and promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body. But they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Let's say hello to each other. Well, just one more time, just look around and say hello. Believe it or not, these are people who are made in God's image. I know, I know, sometimes it's hard to believe. But praise the Lord that in his grace and in his goodness, he decided before the foundations of the world to create each and every one of you. There are no mistakes in God's eyes. He did so for his own glory. He did so so that you may know him and worship him and know the fullness of what it means to be human, to love and to be loved. To have purpose in life, to know that God is the one who made you, and that you were made for Him. There is no greater truth, no greater knowledge and wisdom than that, brothers and sisters. For those of you who attended the women's retreat, I know that it was a blessed time. Just talking to a few of you, I know some of you weren't able to make the women's retreat and. Either way, it's okay. The blessings of that women's retreat does not stay with the women. The blessings always overflow to the entirety of the church. And we as a church are blessed because of it. We have a men's retreat coming up this weekend as well. And the same thing is there. We welcome all of you who are men and members here especially to come. If you're not able to, that's okay. The blessings will overflow as well. We walk together as a church, step by step. We do not look for miracle moments in our lives together. That's not how God works in many ways. God works in the quiet times that we simply sit with one another and have a meal. We are simply in the same car together talking about the weather. God's grace and love for us is tremendous. So let us continue to walk with him, knowing that he is ever, ever in our presence. Today, we, 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 no, today, what I would like to talk about is a talk about the dangers of growing in Christ. Now, you might think that's kind of a strange way to phrase things but there truly is dangers in terms of what we perceive to be maturity in the Lord. It's a comment upon us as God's people to understand how God grows us and to stay in his will in that pattern that he has set for us. If we step outside of that pattern of what it means to grow in Christ, we ourselves will not grow in him. in fact... We will question whether or not God is with us. But if we stay in the pattern that the Lord has set for us, God will surely bless us and show us his grace and his mercy. And I hope this is self-evident to all of us because God has shown this pattern in creation itself. When you get married, and some of you here are married already, There are patterns that need to be set in terms of being a husband and being a wife. There are patterns that are set in terms of how you grow in your love for one another. If you step outside of those patterns, the institute of marriage, the relationship of marriage, well, it'll go awry. It'll become something that it was not meant to be. And you'll be questioning not only your own marriage, but you'll be questioning marriage itself. What's the point? And we see this in in every institution, whether it's marriage, whether it's being a a parent, whether it's being a boss of a a company, whether it's being a a worker or an employee. There are, are patterns and expectations that are set. Now, the pattern of God is perfect. The pattern of God is immutable. The pattern of God has never changed. And for us as God's people to remain in that pattern allows us to experience the fullness of Christ's love in his forgiveness and in his power. And so today is sort of like a bit of medicine you to examine your hearts, and for you to say, perhaps, I need to steer this life back into what the Lord has blessed. Think about it this way. When you came to know Christ, when you came to know God, you came to know him most likely in a personal way. There's something that happened in your heart. The Holy Spirit came upon you. You realize that you are a sinner before the Lord, and that all the things that you have done beforehand and up to today, even the good that you have done, you realize are like scripture says, like like filthy rags to the Lord. They are of, of, of no good, of no use to gain your righteousness before God. They are like mud pies that you bring to the Lord and say to the Lord, is this enough for me to not only get into heaven, but to experience your your, your pleasure in me? We realize there's nothing that we can do. And we realize that only in Christ, and Christ alone, and believing in his death and his resurrection, that he's taken away our sins, that we ourselves have been grafted into His love, that we have been accepted in Him. And we experience this great, great change in our hearts. In the sense, we fall in love with God, for we see that God has always loved us. And our hearts just burst with pleasure. I now know who I am. and I now know that I'm loved by the one who created all things, the one who has power in all things, the one who's present in my present, and the one who'll be present in my future. And we're excited about our love for the Lord. But as we grow in Christ, as we look to grow in Christ, something happens in our hearts because You have to realize when you come to know Jesus, you're not completely sanctified or completely made whole yet. You have been given a new heart in the Lord. And so now you are able to follow Jesus. It doesn't mean you will follow him completely, but you have been given a new will in your life so that you are now able to, with the help of the Spirit, in the Spirit, to say yes to Jesus. Beforehand, you could not do that. And that in itself, brothers and sisters, is a miracle. That in itself is is proof that the Spirit lives in you, that you can say yes to God. But it does not mean that you will say yes to God perfectly in this life. That is for the life to come. And so it's normal for us to think that, well, what does it mean to grow in the Lord? If it's not perfection today, perfection is in the future What does it mean to grow in our God? In our minds, in our hearts, we can think about it as as two competing voices. Before you knew the Lord, you only had one voice, that of the world, that of your own desires. Now that you know the Lord, you have two voices. And when the Lord comes back, that other voice will go away. But right now you have two. And our duty before the Lord is to grow in listening, that voice. Now, to grow in the Lord, to to be sanctified in the Lord, let me offer this very, very simple definition. To grow in the Lord, to be sanctified in the Lord, to be sanctified in the Lord is to grow in your relationship with Jesus. Very simple. To be sanctified in the Lord is to grow in your relationship with Jesus. Now, what does that look like? When you grow in a relationship with the people around you, think about that. How do I grow in my friendships? How do I grow in my marriage? How do I grow in getting to know my parents more? How do I grow in just getting to know anybody? Well, you you stop and you listen, you listen to their stories, you listen to who they are. And then if the question comes up is, well, how do I approach them? How do I love them? Well, the thing is that every person, OK, and let's every person has what, what I would simply call preferences, things that they enjoy. Some of you really enjoy good food. You want to show me love? Make me good food. Some of you enjoy, well, just spending time. If you want to honor me, spend time with me. Some of you want to be left alone. (laughs) If you want to honor me, give me time to myself. But we understand that to grow in our relationship with with, with someone else, we, we get to learn their personalities, and we get to learn, if I could put it this way, their preferences, what they enjoy. And to love someone is to be able to honor what they enjoy. You're not going to, you know, someone who doesn't like sports say, hey, I got us tickets to go to the the Braves game. And they're like, I don't like sports. But if you don't like sports, but your your friend loves sports, and you say, hey, I got tickets to the Braves game. They're going to know that, well, you don't love it, but you got it because you like our friendship. You honor our friendship. And these are preferences that we have. These are, in a sense, if I could put it this way, temporary laws that we, all, that we all have in terms of how to draw closer to one another. This is made in creation. This is made in relationships and that, that we have. But something happens in relationships at times that make the relationships break down and become simply relationships of law or legalistic relationships, if I can put it that way. And that is when you know the other person's preferences and you honor those preferences, but you do so because you simply have to and not because you want to or you desire to draw, to draw near to that person. We, we, sometimes we call that people withdrawing from relationships, Right? Sometimes we see that as, as, as people who are sort of drifting apart. But we simply do the due diligence that we need to to keep the relationship going. That's legalism. That is doing the things a relationship requires without drawing near to the other person, without drawing near to them in such a way that the relationship is strengthened. Now think about that. I, I, hopefully right now it's like, oh my goodness, I, I, my heart, Pastor Young, you're breaking my heart right now. That is simply a small analogy to our relationship with God. Because God's preferences aren't preferences. They're not temporary laws, are they? You see, God's personality is shown or made manifest through the law. For those who do not know Jesus or those who came to know Jesus in a, in, a, in, a, in a not a very good way, they will see this law as something that's burdensome. The 10 commandments, oh my goodness, I have to read this. I gotta follow this. What are these laws? Thou shalt not have no other gods before me. When, what does this have to do with knowing Jesus, don't knowing my God? Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet. What do these things have to do with knowing my God? These are simply laws. And they are laws apart from having the covenant and knowing God himself. And this is where we get in trouble as Christians. You see, the law of God is perfect. Perfect because the law of God reflects the character and the person of God himself. And I want you to really understand and grasp that. The law is not there to push you away from God. The law is there to bring you towards God. Just like your preferences that you have that you want honored is theirs because you want people to draw near to you. Just like the... like as you honor someone else and their preferences because your desires are drawn near to them. God has given us his law so that you yourselves will know the character of God himself and draw near to him. The purpose of obeying the law is not to obey the law. The purpose of obeying the law is to grow in your relationship with Christ. Now legalism is basically getting rid of the growing close to God or growing close to Christ part. Legalism happens is when you obey the law simply to obey the law. Or you obey the law with any other goal in mind besides knowing God's heart. And once you go down that road of using the law for other purposes that it's not intended to, that's when you get in trouble. That's when your growth in Jesus goes to the right or goes to the left. Because we start using the law for our own purposes. Now, here in this passage, we we, we see the, the church in Colossae that they are people who, who want to obey the law, who want to obey certain rules and regulations. And their purpose of following the law or rules and regulations was not to, to grow in their relation with Christ, but was simply to grow in their morality, grow in their personality, to grow as simply a, a, a good, strong person, in the world to be attractive to themselves and to be attractive to other people. I mean, if you had a choice of being with someone who is moral or immoral, what would you choose? You would choose to be with someone who's moral. If you had a had to a choice of who to befriend, someone who's trustworthy or, or not trustworthy, who would you choose? Someone trustworthy. If you were to choose to, to, to be with someone who is not cruel, as opposed to someone who's kind, who would you choose? Someone who's kind. And so often in our Christian growth, we believe that this is the goal. That the goal in life is to grow in our morality. A, a, a sort of Christian virtue without the Christ that we worship. And this turns into legalism. This turns into using the law for a purpose other than growing in our relationship with Christ. And this is what happens when you do that. Because you have to understand the law because it's holy and it's perfect any time that you take God's holy law and you change it to something that you believe that you can follow, God still holds you to the higher standard. And you being made in God's image and and saved by God, even though you've lowered his standard, you're still kept to that higher standard. And when you think that you're actually obeying God, God, yeah, I'm I'm obeying you. I'm, I'm loving people. I'm reading scripture well. Anytime you see that without using that higher standard and you bring it down, you yourself, thinking that you obey the Lord, have already distorted the law, already distorted God's character. And in fact, because you do that, you yourself will not grow in the Lord. This is what the Pharisees did. The Pharisees were, were known as people who would take the law of God and to alter it in such a way that it appears that they are following the law. They altered it in such a way that instead of the, the unattainable perfection that allows us to see that we're sinners before the Lord, that we have to come to Christ and, and, and ask him for grace and his mercy, they lowered it to such an extent that they believed that they were following it. And in so doing, as they followed it, they became puffed up. And they started to look around and judge other people and say, Listen, we follow this. Why aren't you following it? Or the other way around. There are probably some of you who look at God's law and say, and even the Pharisaic law, and say, I can't follow it. How can I call myself a Christian? Either way you do disservice to yourself and to your brother or your sister. Because whether it's the perfect law or whether it's the law that you that you've distorted for your own sake, none of it will bring salvation in and of itself. None of it will help you to grow in the Lord. If anything, it will make you puffed up or it will make you you despair or like most of us in our generation, we just won't care anymore and just go with the flow. For us, just simply showing up is the best we can do. I'm grateful that you just show up, but I want more for you and God wants more for you. God does not want the law that is apart from Christ to be that which you follow and grow in. God wants the law with Christ that allows you to grow in your love and maturity for him. So here's an easy test for you guys as you grow in following God, as you grow in in looking at the Ten Commandments and and trying to follow them. And it's simply this. When you do good things that you know are, are in obedience to God and his law, do you do it simply for the sake of the law? Do you do it simply to say, I told you I can do it, and you can't do it? Do you do it simply to make yourself feel better? Do you use it as a a tool to judge others, or do you use it to draw closer to God? We obey God's law not to obey God's law. We obey God's law in order to grow closer to Christ. And do you do the same for your brothers or sisters? You see, Jesus came to die for us under the law. In other words, he died to death that you should have died because the the, the law for us is punishment. So Jesus died for that. Your ability to follow the law, again, does not come from yourself. It comes from the new spirit that lives in you. But you will never in this life. And let me say let me say this with with I say this with with with, um, much conviction. There will never be a time in your life that you will obey the Lord purely. Never. We love the Lord by faith. We follow him by faith. We see the law, sometimes it looks like it will crush us, but we say, no, Jesus, you died for that. We see as we follow, follow Jesus and we follow the law and we grow closer to Jesus, we, we, we say to ourselves, God, you accept whatever I'm giving, because, not because of my ability, but because you have made me new. You see, the conversation that should be going on your head is something like this. Lord, change my heart continually to love you by following your law. I know your law is an expression of who you are. It's not about just my feelings. Feelings is not loving you itself, but it's following you. But Lord, I know I can't follow you perfectly. But I will follow you as best I can. And I will follow you in repentance and faith. I'm not going to follow you with my ability, my strength. I'm going to follow you in repentance and faith. Repentance in knowing that I can't follow the law. But you died for me in that law. Faith in knowing that I will trust you to be able to do what I can do here to demonstrate that I'm a follower of yours. And as I do so, as I follow your repentance and faith, Lord, I know by your grace and your mercy that you will well up in me, that fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness that my relationship to you is based on repentance and faith, not in anything of the law itself, but that the law draws me to the cross and draws me to you. So brothers and sisters, I urge all of you, let's not be legalists or Pharisees using the law of God or using any law for that matter to prove our spirituality, to prove our relationship with the Lord. But let us who've been redeemed by God, redeemed by Jesus himself, use the law to grow in our relationship and our love for him, both his forgiveness and his power for us to follow him. For those of you here who who perhaps maybe are not Christians yet, or not believers yet, the message of the cross is simple. You yourself cannot do anything good, but you yourself have a longing to do what is good the only one that's good and the only one who can fill that desire to be good is Christ himself. Because Christ ultimately is good. There's no one else good but Christ himself. And for you to experience and to know that goodness comes in receiving Jesus. And as he changes your heart, you too and experience the fullness of what it means to be known by him. Brothers and sisters, let us grow in the Lord. Let us pull ourselves closer to the Lord. Let us help each other to grow closer to Jesus himself. Let us be a church that sanctifies. And gives God all the glory. Let us pray. Lord, we confess to you that there, is, there truly is no good in us. And we don't mean that in a common grace sort of way. We're not purely evil or else this world, Lord, would be destroyed at the moment. But we are no good in knowing that there is no purity in our motives, Lord God. No purity in the ways that we follow you. And again, we say that not to destroy ourselves. But we say that because we know that there is a remedy. We say that because we know that there is one who loves us in the midst of it. We say that so, because we know that in exposing all of this, Lord, the ability to expose all this means that there is someone who indeed can heal us and save us. And that is you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that when we stare into the law, we do not see death, but we see one who died for the law and in so doing has forgiven us from all the punishments of that same law. We look into that perfect law now and we see you, Jesus. We see you and your perfection and we see you and your desire for us to know you, to worship you and to serve you. And so, Lord, help us not to serve a God in our own making, in our own image, a God that is less than perfect. But help us to stare into your wonderful law and see transcendence, perfection, and justice, and love, and mercy, never changing. True to the core, good to the core. And help us to pursue those things that we may see your lovely face and grow in our love for you. So be with CCPC, be with our church, Lord God. May it grow in that same grace and same mercy. Once again, sanctify us, Lord God. Sanctify us. In Christ's name we pray, amen.